0: All right, welcome to the Mental Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dunn, co-host, Fran Ramsden. And today we want to talk about Dave Chappelle and the importance he's had on and defending Western culture, actually. Um, so his most recent special, um, actually, forget the name, but I thought it was really good. It's a few months old now, um, but I think it's going to turn out to be a relevant topic. Um, have you seen his most recent? special
1: yeah uh it's called sticks and stones yes yes that's correct um what were your thoughts on it so i thought so this is what's interesting is i've never been a dave Chappelle fan so meaning when he had dave Chappelle show on comedy central uh i was probably in high school and it was like extremely popular like people were quoting it every day they were going through the skits uh reenacting them things like that so he's definitely been somebody that i think it's been pretty popular uh you know in the united states and for me you know i just i don't know i never got into the show i you know his particular brand of comedy didn't really hit me and then i saw the hype on the special and i primarily saw the hype from the angle of him being attacked for things like being inconsiderate him being you know all these all these little adjectives that get thrown around nowadays to diminish somebody who has a different point of view and some of the social issues in particular. Um and it kind of made me want to watch it. Uh you know, and so when I, when I watched it, I, I thought very I thought it was extremely funny. Um from just from a comedic standpoint, I did I did laugh a lot. I thought it was really funny. And the thing that I found out is even as he hit some of these issues that would be quote unquote political, some of them were the opposite of my opinion. However, I still laughed. I thought he was I thought he was still funny. So it wasn't like a political thing where I watched it and as soon as he said something that I didn't agree with I like got angry and like revolted I actually did the opposite I literally laughed he turns you know a lot of the topics to, to I think expose hypocrisy a lot you know or at least the double standard of some things I thought were funny in particular kind of the two that stood out um you know because in preparation for this for the show I kind of just watched a couple of clips again yeah. Uh, the one that I found interesting was the, the LeBron James one about playing... Like, if he if he changes sex, it becomes a female, transitions to a female. What league is he going to play in? Uh, right. I thought that was funny and also interesting uh, uh, of a question. And then some of the one where the actor, like, faked being attacked, you know, and kind of going down that little rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> right. Uh,
1: of, um, just, just purely funny. So, yeah, there, there were plenty of topics, but I, I, I did. I thought that, you know, the, his special was... Was funny, and I thought he did actually was able to navigate these important topics. And at least from my standpoint, um, you know, there's nothing that I could hold against him from like a personal standpoint, anything like that. I could, just, you know, I can't do it.
0: Right. Yeah. So um, I think it's a pretty good analysis. I, um, what's interesting, I thought this was one of the best comedies I've seen in a long time. Um, I didn't necessarily think it was the funniest, but I thought it was the best. I laughed, I thought it was funny, but it was more so the art of the comedy. Like he did a great job of, it was a reflection of society and pointing out these difficult to talk about topics. Um, And I think that's really the importance of comedy. I think comedy has been under attack, like everything has lately, all the arts. Um, But I think comedy is particularly important because of the role it plays in society. Uh, throughout history. It's been a way for Society to critique itself it, it provides a reflection and it's again able to sort of deliver those truths that are otherwise difficult to talk about and the reason I think Chappelle is important and I want to talk about him today is the reason he's able to say these things <laughs> in his stand-up special where other comedians are holding back a little bit or at least were until this special um is because he was already canceled, right? But he did it himself. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about is how he walked away from the Chappelle show, $50 million, was called crazy, all these accusations against him, and he was sort of able to survive that and come back even stronger now. So I think that's an interesting topic that we should talk about a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I think a a good way to try to compare that too is, so if you look at, like you said, you brought other comedians that are trying to like navigate these waters, and it it is very difficult. And it's never been that way. It's like, you know, comedy is an art form. It's kind of been respected, and and it's, it's been given its own little area to be able to be exercised. And if you look at Kevin Hart, who I think is extremely funny, like I think he's more funny than Dave Chappelle. So if I put on a Kevin Hart comedy special... I do laugh more and laugh harder at him. I think he's extremely funny. All the movies he plays in, for me, he like dominates the the screen. Uh, but if you remember, he was set to host one of these award shows, and essentially was scrammed off of that because of a joke that he had, or a Twitter or a tweet. He had something that was done under the guise of comedy. That's what he said. He, You know, Kevin Hart said, this was supposed to be a joke. This wasn't supposed to be serious and it was held against him and it was an older thing you know it wasn't like he freshly did it or anything like that it was older someone went in time found it pulled it out said oh he shouldn't be able to do this and uh you know again he he sort of kind of like to offset Dave Chappelle he was not canceled right like he was somebody who was actually like mainstream he was just rising up kind of like he was at his peak he was going to host what the hell was it? Grammys? I don't know what it was. Oscars Whatever was supposed to host. I don't know Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, Oscars.
0: I, I, they're all the same to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was supposed to host one. Of those and it was like his big, like, and you heard him because he also had a special on, I think, on Netflix about like behind the scenes, and it kind of showed some insight into that whole scenario and how he and his team handled it, which I thought was fascinating because he wanted to fight it. He wanted to fight it, and his PR team made him back down. Yes. That's interesting in and of itself. Which I know is a different topic, probably than what we're headed for today. Actually, but I do I think, think it's gonna, important I to I kind of show that relates. This. Yeah, and so I don't know if you saw that about the behind-the-scenes stuff with Kevin Hart about like uh, he had the series, uh, but yeah, I mean, he was literally he wanted to address it and smack it and like defend himself and get cr- and pretty much everyone's like, dude, you're crazy. No, absolutely <laughs> not, absolutely not. And then that's what happened. He didn't. He just kind of he said, oh, all right, I'm not doing. I can't do the show. I apologize. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's kind of the flip side of Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle doesn't care. I, I think he doesn't care what he says in terms of the pushback. Like, I think the way he presents it, he clearly is not tiptoeing. And I think that that's, like you said, it's extremely important from a free, a free speech standpoint here in the West, Western culture. And, yeah, I think it's a way to, you know, to critique our society. And I think it does point out some of the ridiculous things that we're doing in a way that doesn't put people on defense. Comedy has the way to nap. You know, if you get into a, a debate with somebody and you're going to dig in and pick sides and you're arguing with each other and you're talking past one another, I think comedy again. That's what I was saying before. I was trying to make it earlier. The point is, it has a way to skirt that initial reaction and how I can still laugh at topics that I disagree with, but the way it's presented in comedy, I laugh at. So, I yeah, I, I think that you know this this special is extremely important. Obviously, outside of that comedic sphere, so I agree with you there. The importance of it.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to see the Kevin Hart behind the scenes thing but that is interesting yeah. and, I, and I do think it relates to Chappelle because since he came back from his hiatus, he's, he's went on several interviews, he's talked about it in some of his other specials since, um, but in an indirect way about why he left and that whole experience and I think part of the reason he's told it in an indirect way is because that's, that's what he knows, he's a storyteller, he tells By metaphor, so he has to figure out a way that he can explain his situation in a way that we will understand it. Um, And part of him doing that uh, was explaining these ties and incentives that people have. Right, all the people around Kevin Hart have an incentive; they get paid based on what Kevin Hart gets paid. Yeah. So they need him to make these short-term decisions. They're thinking short-term. They're not. It's actually pretty crazy.
1: You bring that up. It's actually pretty crazy because you said you haven't watched that, 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 I don't know what the hell it's called, but you have not watched that series where it was more behind the scenes about his business and stuff, right? You said you're you right. haven't No. Nope. Yeah. So that's the exact angle that his PR people took was like, Kevin, you can't go out there because you're, you have more than you to think about. That's exactly what they said. Yes. Like their jobs were explicitly based off of his ability to get work.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and that influenced that the way that they treated it. him. Yes. Yes, they leverage it against them and see this is what's so interesting the more I'm watching them and paying attention he Chappelle's doing it in subtle ways. I mean when he first came back and gave interviews like he went on Oprah and you know, he, he struggled a little bit again explaining what happened because I don't think you know He's still processing everything and again trying to figure out how to explain it um, But even just the little clues he's given and His past special a year before the sticks and stones one Um, he wrapped it up by reading a book pimp by uh, iceberg slim something like that Um, but basically it explains the way that they exploit people and it's similar similarity to Hollywood Um, he made one comment I don't know how well it was picked up but he said something in there about even he was talking about Hollywood and the rapes that were happening and he said that that may not even be the worst part who knows just drop the line let it go Um, so I I think we need to pay attention to what he's saying and dig a little bit deeper but as far as what we do know um, with the the leverage thing even he, he just got an award Mark Twain award and one of his jokes as he's receiving the award, thanking everyone, um, he's smoking and he says, everyone look at me, I'm smoking indoors mm-hmm. and no one's going to say anything to me because you know, what are they going to uh, do? It's my award. And he said, that's leverage and haha, funny joke, this and that, but that's kind of where it's at, right? Chappelle, because he stepped away from this stuff, no one can talk him out of it. They, they understand he has the leverage, right? He's not going to sell out. So they can't use these arguments against him. But he also, because he went through it, understands that that's how they pressure people into things. And they use all these outside factors to stress people out and force them into these situations where it is really short-term thinking. Because again, look at how Chappelle survived it and you know, Kevin Hart's not going to take that much of a hit. He's going to go do another show, it's no big deal, whatever. Money wise, he's not going to lose anything, I'm sure. But morally, he gave up a piece of his soul, right? Like, like Chappelle would not sell out on his integrity. Right.
1: Well, I think that's a, like a very, very important part. Is you're talking about like the leverage parts fascinating, but so is what somebody willing to sacrifice short term and long term, and you know. Even, like, like you said, the smoking thing super funny. Like I, right. You're right. It's super funny. But most, but most people probably did completely miss that deeper meaning part. The deeper meaning about it. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. If you're somebody, like if you're Kevin Hart and, and, and you describe, I don't want to keep saying the Oscars. I think it is the Oscars, though, but whatever. The Oscars, <laughs> as it's this huge thing that, that you want to do, and there's only been you know X Y Z like his role models hosted it and now you know he gets a chance to do it and he literally has to like he literally is being a, he gets I to be honest I'm gonna find I want to find the thing he said but I think it has something to do with not letting his sons play with Barbies like that it was like with the yeah gender Ch- stuff.
0: Chappelle actually does a joke about it in his special yeah oh, does he uh, yeah yeah uh-huh. he, um... well it's like. <laughs> yeah he said like if his kids were gay or something he would hit him with a dollhouse or whatever and then Chappelle points out like what kind of parent is buying his kids dollhouses that doesn't want them to be gay like <laughs> or one so of those things I mean. like, like okay it's just it's right? clearly a joke on Kevin Hart's part um they may have not been a great one whatever but that's kind of what Chappelle talks about is that that's the art of comedies we need to be able to say these things and if we go too far we'll get the pushback and then we'll adjust but we need to still, you know, that's part of the process. You can't cancel the person because they said something too much, right? We need right. to give them the freedom to be able to speak. And that's kind of what we're talking about here in general. Like, we, we, we have to allow people to be wrong, right? <laughs> like, it has, well, it's okay to be wrong and then change your mind. But it,
1: it, it, I, I, There's something really fascinating. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the names yeah. out of it. But I had a Facebook post uh, and I was creating a discussion we we're talking about some of the lockdown stuff, and somebody had made a point. You know, they brought up a, a certain topic thread or like a point about the the status, and we, we kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit. And it turned out he was mistaken about what he was saying. Uh, like, like other people jumped in and like corrected him and actually gave firsthand knowledge and things like that. And he actually said like, "Yeah, I'm mistaken," and I it, I went out of my way to ensure him that this is good though because that doesn't happen people don't right. say that. And so I I went on there and was like, "No, no, like this is good. Like you it's absolutely great that, you know, you realized you were mistaken on this topic. You were allowed to change your mind. That's that's this is good. We should encourage this because that's something that's been missing from the broader conversation of our society. And then, I mean, the worst part though is after I said that, this individual was like, "Yeah, but I'm having said all that, I'm sticking with my original point." <laughs> it was like, "Okay." <laughs> but but in that moment, I think it is important uh again that you are allowed to be wrong allowed to be mistaken if you truly feel that or it's been proven as touch when you start talking about comedy that's what kind of makes and we got to talk about this because this ties in the first mental fitness pr- principle of truth is the pr people for kevin hart make him go do this apology tour and he's apologizing for something he doesn't feel like he should apologize for right right so exactly. now he's given this thing where he's like oh i really realize how wrong i am and then it's like well, either he didn't feel that way and is faking it, or he has to, like, convince himself that he is wrong now and has to, like, you know, morph his own opinion, which is fun if that's the truth. Right. But, again, like, that's where you get into these murky waters where people are apologizing just to apologize. And, again, like, how good is that?
0: Right. It's an insincere apology. And that's the other thing is that – is that really what you want either? You know what I mean? Like, if, For the the, people if received, you yeah, right. are actually offended, you don't want an insincere apology, right? Like you, right. And again, what you should just do is if it's clear and obvious the person was offensive, just explain it to them. Point out the obvious logic that you have, right? Hey, here's why you shouldn't say that or do that, and then move on. You don't have to cancel the person, just change their mind.
1: Right. Entirely right.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about art perhaps, in general, maybe outside mm-hmm. of, right, I, don't, I don't want to spend too much time, but just outside of comedy mm-hmm. as well, because it's a little disappointing lately, in my opinion. I don't think there has been much creativity. I think part of it has to do with this being scared to be canceled, and part of it has to do with, again, short-term thinking, you know, what's something that's proven sales? You know, what has a proven market? Let's just Mm -hmm. wrap that back up, repackage it, and sell it again. Um, I don't see any new creativity anywhere. Movies, music, any of it.
1: So yeah, so from a creativity standpoint, I got a lot of thoughts on creativity. Creativity is a very interesting point. There was a TED Talk I watched when I was in high school. I think it was college. I was in college and I watched it. It's probably still one of the most interesting things I've watched on YouTube. And essentially the guy was saying that our schools kill creativity. The way that we teach people to learn something, regurgitate it, and just put it back on the paper as we ask it and as we taught it diminishes our ability to come up with creative solutions for things. So I'd watch that, and then you kind of look at our society, and it kind of as a whole is like that, where it's mundane, It's we're trying to find security, we're trying to be safe, we're trying to do you know repetitive tasks or you know, I go to work every day, five days a week, it's the same job, I do the same things. And we got to get in this routine of, um, yeah, a repetitive nature. And, you know, the issue with that is it does dull creativity. And actually, it, it, it isn't, you know, it uh, disincentivizes creativity. Now, one of the spaces, that's probably why I like entrepreneurship, because I think anybody, at least it used to be, it's not as much as it used to be, but people could start a business. And find a creative solution to something and just start helping, you know, the people in your community or whoever you're selling to, provide them something that fixes uh, a pain point that they're having. And away you go. You can be rewarded, whether it's, you know, monetarily or with like a, you know, you feel passionate about a certain topic. And, yeah, we we now have – so if you combine that with kind of how our societies function, it does kill creativity, but then you couple it with this – element of fifth place trophy thing where it's like we we want to not really uh segregate the winners from the losers we kind of want to be careful about that we don't because again we're trying to like not make people feel bad we don't want a, you know on a future topic we'll talk about where we're trying to reduce suffering where if somebody comes in last place we don't want them feeling like shit about themselves so like that becomes a priority over like giving the winner his due and so you kind of combine those two things—the lack of creativity with the lack of really wanting to like separate talent—you kind of end up in a scenario where like the mainstream media or or critics or you know people, these people that are making like these judgments, they're being very milk toast. So like the creativity part's already milk toast, and then the people that are judging it are milk toast, and they're scared to like, gonna call on people for being excellent, and then everything's kind of shaped around whether it's race, gender, orientation, like all these other things we're putting on there and you can't be too white or you can't be too this, can't be too that. And now we end up, yeah, we end up in a place where creativity is killed and art is, you end up with people that are painting shitty pictures and selling it as art. And it's like, okay, I guess it's art. Abstract (laughs) art, okay. Where like people used to be extremely talented and like work 24 hours in a row and paint, you know, amazing pictures. So it's like, Um, yeah, I, I, I do think we have an issue with creativity and it's multifactorial, very advanced topic, very complex, but, uh, I don't, at the same time, I think people can understand where I'm coming from with it. And I hope I've done like a pretty good job of explaining why I think creativity is on the down and, and, uh, that, that, that I think, uh, comedy is an avenue that is last standing. Uh, and I, and I think we should, even if, even if somebody gets political, you should want to defend that ability to create art in the form of comedy.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so you said something really interesting there. I like the point about education and it being taught, and I've thought about that a little bit, but what I didn't think about was about how it's being judged and the role that that plays. And that's interesting, too, because that definitely does influence,
1: you know, how you produce the next piece. Um, I mean... Go ahead. I'll I'll give it, like, I don't know if people need examples. I think there's enough, but... um... I'm trying to think of an example like i have one i just want to make sure i get the award correct so um oh what was it wait a minute let's see here give me two seconds yep uh whatever award caitlin jenner won what the hell was that person Order of the year, of the or year. Or
0: person of the year
1: <laughs> okay now to me i think that that's an example i don't know if it's clearly an example, but I think I can make the argument that that's an example of our current day judgment standards. That is the most political pick of all time. Uh, there are, I actually think the people that were the other candidates, I mean, how do you not pick the other, the other like women of the year or whatever the hell it was in that, in that offering or people that actually did these tremendous things um, in the world of sport that like haven't been done. And again, that, That's like a judgment there again. Oh well, you know we have to be sensitive to all these other things uh, out in the world, these political climates, these discussions, these things about being equal and and judgment free, and all this. And again, I think that that's just an area. That's just one example, by the way. And I I don't know if that's even a good or a clear example. But yeah, that's exactly what we have: is we have the judgments coming down that are filtered as well. It's not raw anymore. It's not the best gets the award.
0: Yeah. So that's tie this in i think as it comes down to a point we've been trying to make more recently and are going to be making a lot more in the future is just the importance of purpose so again depends what the purpose of the award is and when these things are merit-based and you have certain standards if you change those standards for whatever reason it it has an effect on the award and then the future pursuits of it right like it's changed the meaning and the purpose oh, of yeah, the award and it you know it doesn't have to just be for that it can be for anything a hall of fame for a sport it can be for anything that's awarded to someone when they did it in college with the um, heisman it used to be for seniors right like you couldn't be an underclassman mm-hmm. and then they change it and standard changes and that, that that's fine they can have reasons whatever you know but it, it gets debated on the purpose of it i think um And also just to tie that into what you said before with the education where we're teaching people, I think that is a lot of the problem is we're teaching people to regurgitate information. We're teaching processes, not purpose. And so people learn the process, but they don't learn how to adapt outside of it because they don't understand the purpose of what they're doing. They just know
1: plug in the information and you'll get the result. Think about how people even form their opinions nowadays it's how we were taught in school it's you hear somebody of authority say something and then when that topic comes up again you cite that person essentially without citing them you just repeat what they what you heard right and that becomes the way that we have these discussions about advanced topics and that 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 is not productive i don't mean you know to me that defeats the whole process we have these things called a brain that are like the most powerful thing on in human existence and we have the ability to critically think and and use logic to formulate arguments and opinions, I don't know why the hell we're not using it. It's one of those things that's probably just a lack of awareness, like, I don't don't know, most people understand that this is what happens, you go to school, you just, you get told what to say back, Uh, you say it back, you get an A, good job, Johnny, like, nice, and then you grow up, and then you, the topic just changes, so instead of talking about third grade math, you're talking about what we should do with the minimum wage. And you watch some smart professor from Harvard get up there and say one thing, and you just say what he says. Like, that's that's pretty much, I think, how we've kind of arrived at how, um, most people tackle po- political issues or, like, culture issues. I think they kind of just kind that's of, how, that's how it's hit. And we're not being creative. We're definitely not being uh, critical. And if you are, then that's where this ties into the comedy stuff. You actually get criticized. You actually get in trouble if you're trying to critically think and critique some of these issues. You're not going with the flow. You're not just going along, gnawing your head. You actually say, but wait a minute, what, how do we, and then, nope, you better not say that. That's, that's, uh, that's where we are.
0: Right, and I think that it's important for comedians to be able to do that because, again, that's like the, that's the testing ground, right? We're, we're not suggesting that people go into the grocery store and try this out, right? Like, like yeah. what we want to yeah. do is allow comedians to perform their art give a critique, give a reflection of society, which I think is what it is and also why comedy has been poor. Um, And again, we need that as sort of a feedback system so that we know how we're doing. And and it's the only, again, like you said, it's delivered in a way that we can receive it, right? It's not this harsh criticism. They're able to deliver these uncomfortable truths that we don't really have another method for. It's the most effective way.
1: And I don't... Yeah, and I don't even know... I mean, that's what's why... What's interesting about that?
0: Go ahead. That, that's why I, I thought that it was the best comedy, right? I didn't think it was necessarily the mm-hmm. funniest, but I thought it was the best because it made people think. Every joke made you think about <laughs> your position on it. And it wasn't just that he was throwing in a twist at the end or flipping it around. And again, that's a, a lot of times how we're having this not creative art people see that and they they don't understand why it was a good show they said oh look he threw in a twist at the end of the joke i'll do that people see in hollywood a movie gets a a good reaction because they diverted expectations and then they think that's the formula and they don't realize the rest of the context of the movie like it wasn't just diverting expectations that made it good it was the way that they set everything up, the whole context around it, and so the way he makes you think in the comedy and the jokes, I think is really important.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely, I agree with that. Uh, were
0: you gonna say something?
1: I, didn't, I don't know. I no, took you off. I, just, I just, nope, I just agree. Um, I, I do think that, um, you know, for some reason, comedy does skirt around that that knee jerk reaction that, that we tend to put up. Like that's the biggest. That's the biggest benefit of comedy. It it doesn't put people on defense. It, you know, you're in an environment where you're laughing. You're there to have a good time. You do not want to be at a comedy show if you have got your panties in a bunch. Like that's <laughs> not going to work. And so um, we automatically kind of have our have our guards down, and we go there. And and I and I you know I, I very openly said that I thought there were things he said that I don't like agree with from a political, not even a political, but just like a theoretical standpoint. Like I don't agree with some things. Right. That doesn't mean I didn't, like, laugh and, like, turn off the special or get mad. Like, nothing. He actually plowed through in a way where I laughed. I, you know, probably briefly thought about the topic. But, again, it wasn't. It was done in a way. Yeah, it was done in a way that was effective. It was an effective method. And, yeah, yeah, it gets you to think. uh,
0: think. Yeah, like, uh, any of the parts even where, yeah, I disagreed with them. it, It still made you think about it and. Consider why you disagreed, right? So Mm -hmm. it, it was put together really well. And again, I think that it's important that he was able to do it because he took that stand over 10 years ago. He didn't compromise his integrity. He walked away from the money. He, as far as I know, is the only one who overcame that accusation of being called crazy, which I think is a dangerous accusation. I think that's kind of what makes it relevant to today is that we have a lot of misinformation going around. We're having a lot of accusations being thrown around. Right. And he's shown that by sticking to the truth and not compromising on your values, you can overcome that. It may take a while, (laughs) right? It's not easy. (laughs) He's shown that as well. He had to go to Africa on his own. He left everyone. Everyone called him crazy. He had lost everything. Right. But he knew he was right. And, he, he waited it out. He, he let the truth that's come the out. That's the battle.
1: Yeah, that's the battle. The short term versus the long term is the battle. And there's just too many too many people that are interested in the short term.
0: Right. And it ended up paying off for him. You know, Netflix gave him 60 million, I believe. Um,
1: yeah, so. it's weird how that works, right? Like like it if you think about okay, don't want to get too deep. All right. <laughs> then we'll have to be we'll have to be you know, taking uh, we'll, hallucinogenics to understand this we'll have to get to a cloud (laughs) level but this is time the concept of time time if you're playing a long-term game you actually can't lose you actually can be completely undefeated because of if you think about like in this concept right if he knows he's right he's going to be in a win-win position as long as he doesn't put his winning in some version of feedback that somebody else gives him or or you know if he defines the purpose or if he, de- sorry, if he that's defines success for himself, right? If he, if he places what makes him happy or, you know, for whatever it is, even if it was money, that's the interesting thing. Even if it is making money. Okay. If that's the long-term goal, most of us, now I guess it's not everybody, but most of us have a long time. People underestimate something like five years, like five years is actually still a long time. It's fast and long at the same time. It's both, but you have to be willing to. To give up immediacy at for the pursuit of something. So, for his instance, right? He ha, he can have money today and compromise and give up part of who he is and part of his soul and what he believes in, or he can give up the money now, keep his moral intent, and still have the play at the money again. Like it's not gone. Whereas the other way around, it's gone. You give up your more, you know, you give up something that's important to your character. That's a lot tougher of a battle than something simple as getting more money.
0: And, again, yes. that's what I
1: mean is if people look at these things, I'd much rather ha- spend long time – like, I don't know. Because so, that's the other thing, too, is he's talented. So, like, for him to be of that much talent and to be right and to be truthful, that I just don't think he was going to lose. Like, long, like he wasn't going to lose if he played the long-term game. And so that that's something, again, that uh, people would need to consider in weigh, way, and it's not just as easy. But, 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 but the big thing is even if you wanted to make a business and you're making something that's not that useful – paper, whatever. If you work at it long enough and you make the goal, your happiness, I think there's people that could be happy, you know, happy making paper animals as a business for the next 50 years and make $35,000 a year, but they are supremely happy versus going to work every day and being a banker and making more money, $75,000, $80,000 a year, or, you know, working their way up and making 200000 but being like absolutely miserable and, Again, that's why I keep saying, like, if you just get out of the short-term stuff, like short-term money is, like, the biggest one I can think of. uh, Yeah, place it in the long-term. I think that that's where all the winning happens. Um, You know, I'm I'm a business man by trade since I was 23. I'm coming up on 30. I don't have the financial whereabouts that I want to be, but I also don't really care about that kind of stuff. So, like, there were definitely decisions in the last seven years that I could have made that would have paid off short-term money i just don't care because i'm playing the long term i'm not willing to compromise give a piece of character
0: right i think that's super important like you said that you can't you know one of those things is recoverable you can make more of it yeah the other one not so much um you know you can always redeem yourself but you still live with that guilt that decision um yeah yeah. and again the the talent thing is why we're talking about dave Chappelle. there's uh, plenty of people who don't sacrifice their morals and never get any credit or never heard of. But again, I think that's why it's important to talk about Chappelle in that way and, you know, sort of honor him for that. And, and then people should appreciate that about him as well. So that when they look to him, they look at more than just the jokes. Like he's a great comedian, but he's more than that as well. And, and I think that that's, what's important um, is a good example for people.
1: Yep. co
0: Nice. Um, Well, I think that kind of wraps it up for
1: today. Um, If you want to wrap it up for us, let people know where to find us. Yep. Uh, This might be an episode people might want to watch a second time. It's only going to be about 35 minutes, 36 minutes here. And uh, I thought we hit about three or four nuggets. Um, So I think people should probably rewatch us again and see if they can pick up more of those things. We talked about creativity, talent, the judgment of talent, this long-term or short-term. And obviously art form, comedy, uh, plenty of stuff in here. Action packed. Um, they can get a hold of us on Facebook or Instagram at Ramson Mental Fitness. Twitter, very easy to go on Twitter. You send a tweet to somebody, Ramson MF. That's Ramson MF. Super easy. Uh, hit us on, on any of those platforms and, you know, tell us what you think. You know, this isn't, again, our, our purpose is to, to come here with the discussions. We are opinionated. That's what makes the show. It'd be very boring if we didn't say anything. We just talked to ourselves for a half hour about nothing. That's no good. So we don't have opinions, uh, but we're willing to be wrong on those. So uh, whether you agree or disagree, we're very happy to get the feedback that we've gotten so far and that we hope to continue to get. And uh, we just look to keep tackling these uh, advanced topics that I think uh, people shy away from for multiple reasons. I do think people are scared to talk about them in case of the feedback because they don't want to be wrong. It's a big issue. And, uh, we just are, I mean, to be honest, I don't like if we do an episode and I'm completely wrong and in five years, like I'm like, it's fine. Trust me, I will not lose sleep. And I just know a lot of people out there are scared to share opinions and talk about things because they don't want to be wrong. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to encourage you to do the opposite. If you engage with us, we are not going to make it easy that you're just going to be able to say things and get away with it. We want to, you know, we want to understand the logic and reasoning behind what you, what you say, how, how you're going about doing these things. And I think it's fair and healthy. So, you know, if you got something to say, if you, if you want to jump in and agree or disagree with us, those are the platforms to do it. And we're trying to make it super easy to do that.
0: All right. Thanks. See you next time.
1: See you.